The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Including a properly good poshcast from Peterborough United's original pod posse. Follow the yellow block on the TalkSport Fan Network. Club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network. Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block on the TalkSport Fan Network. We are back. Some posh content does remain free to air after all. And here we are for another season, our sixth, you lucky, lucky people. This is the 2023-24 season preview pod, traditionally a meaty episode. And boy, is that not wrong this year. It's fair to say it's been a washout of the summer, both in the meteorological sense and at the club we love and adore. Lots to get our teeth into, and I'm joined by a freshly tanned trio of sun worshippers to take us through it all. First to claim his sunbed with an annoyingly oversized towel, it's now former host of the season, Jared. How you doing, big man? I assume you've been reflecting on how you lost the title in the weeks off? Yeah, slightly, but I'm over it now. I'm ready to reclaim my title. Fair enough, coming back strong. And if you think the weather has been crap where you are, don't worry, it could be worse. You could live in Bolton. Dan Topknot Weldon is with me. Been up to this much this summer, mate? Uh, no, nothing much. Just uh, got away for a week today. And uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking to enjoy my time in the rain. So me slagging off Bolton was, was actually pointless because you're not even there. And former BBC Radio Cambridgeshire presenter, that will become relevant shortly. Sam Edwards is on. How's it going, mate? Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. They're all going to be former, aren't they, soon? So, um, yeah, no, all good. A depressing start to the uh, pod, that is. (laughs) Lots of people losing their job, but uh, lots to talk about. Lots to cover, to be fair, both on and off the pitch, as we do review the summer and preview the new season. Let's start, shall we, off the pitch and the news since the season closed. And we'll start easy. Let's start easy, because we've got a lot to get into. Let's talk about the kits. So it was a popular subject. A beautiful, stunning, original pink kit was announced early in the off-season as the away kit, followed by 
in my opinion at least, a rather dull, drab home kit. And just today, we're recording this on Monday, the club have announced the third kit, which is it's quite a cool gold, red and blue number. Uh, Jared, uh, your thoughts on the three kits that the club have produced this season? I quite like them. I think um, the home one got a lot of stick, didn't it? But that's a it looks bit like different. a set of pyjamas, Jared. That's why. It, it does. Yeah, but I quite like pyjamas. Um, yeah, no, it, it looks nice. I went out and got it for my little lad. Um, yeah, I quite like it. It's, it's it's a little bit plain, but yeah, I quite like it. I like the blue shorts and the white socks. Re- repeat of that, which is good. So the, I think you might be the only person I've found that actually likes the home kit. Your, your favourite of the three? Um, I, the one that come out today is quite nice. It is nice. The only thing I don't understand with the one today is when you look at the news article and the pictures that they've used to promote it on a computer screen, it's really blurry and out of focus. Um, I quite like the uh, the pink one, to be fair. I think that's quite different. Uh, Dan, where do you sit on, uh, on the topic of kits? I, in all honesty, hate them all. I, I think it's... Yeah, no, the, the home kit is terrible. Terrible. You're an holiday man. Having... You like that? Have you ever seen what's that cut TV? You no, know, that movie where the emotions control a little girl's brain. Um, Inside Out. You like that grumpy one off Inside Out? The sadness, the one that's just always doesn't matter what's happening. You're just there with your negative connotation. But you know, we, it does we, live we, in Bolton. To be fair to him, yeah, that's true. Actually, and I'm a Peterborough fan. It, it sort of comes with the territory. I find that's a valid point. And at one point, you did also decide that a top knot was a perfectly suitable hairstyle. So, uh, moving swiftly it on, it was in style uh, at the time, Tim. Sam, interestingly, you weren't asked to uh, help promote these uh, new kits this season. I wasn't, Tim. I wasn't going to give my free <laughs> shirt again. Well, you were going to get your three shirts, so you got to keep the one that you promoted, presumably that season. I, I didn't actually. No. No, I uh, had to pay to send it back. <laughs> no, you never did. What? So you? So the 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 time you did that live stream, this was what during COVID, wasn't it, or start of COVID? You did the the live kit launch. The club made you pay to send it back afterwards. They didn't even let you keep the top. No, I didn't. I didn't keep the shirt. No, I didn't get. It. I did it for free. Um, had to send the shirt back, pay the postage on it. Um, you did get a lot of compliments about your hair, though. I think I think that's what people remember it for more than the kit, don't they, Jared? It was me and my hair presenting it. That is sensational. That you gave up your time during COVID to promote. I mean, it was a massive live stream, wasn't it? It was invite only. It was like thousands of people watching that. I think thousands. But you had to send the shirt back at your own expense. I can't I, I can't get my head around this. It's like an episode of Would I Lie to You, this is. It's almost like you're making that up, Sam. But in any case, what's your take on the three from this summer? I, I really like the one that's just been announced today, the third kit. It's got a bit of Newcastle from the 90s away kit and a bit of Barca weaved into it as well, I think, with the with the gold and the sort of, um, yeah, maroony blue. But yeah, I'm not a fan of the home kit, really. I think Jared nailed it when he said it's a bit plain. Um, there have been much better home kits recently. I'm not sure about the pink one. I, I can see the appeal, but it's not, not for me. But the third one, definitely, I'm a big fan of that. I really like it. Yeah, I like the awake. I'm, you could say I'm tickled pink, but obviously wouldn't because that would be a dreadful uh, joke to make. Although perhaps that's you know why I got host of the season, Jared. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we've warmed up with a you know a soft topic there. We've got some opinions out, but let's talk about the first of two big bits of news that have started to filter out of the club in the last fortnight. And we'll start chronologically and talk about Posh Plus. 
and the fiasco that has since transpired with the BBC. So just to recap here, um, we got uh, we got wind a couple of weeks ago that the club had cut ties with the BBC. And up till now, BBC Cambridgeshire were offering um, free-to-air commentary on the games to residents within Cambridgeshire that couldn't make it to the game. Obviously, Sam, you were a, an integral part of that team. Um, and it's been a been a store at the club, every, you know, most EFL clubs, in fact, all other EFL clubs, to my knowledge, use the BBC for their, their free-to-air commentary. Uh, the club decided they wanted to take things in a new direction, cut the contract, and uh, basically are going to put out audio commentary on their own platform of Posh Plus. But there's always a but. It will cost to listen. There was an uproar, it's probably fair to say, from the fan base with this. Um, the club realized quite quickly that they'd made a bit of a misstep and so what's transpired since then is that they will be offering a um an alternative to people that can't make it to the game via peterborough community radio pcrfm um who will be doing it as a free to wear however it appears you will have to travel to a venue to be able to hear this um is one of the things i was reading earlier i mean this whole situation sam is just a complete mess and as a former bbc radio commentator um you're our kind of expert on this one. Yeah, and I guess I'd like this to be framed in the context of me being a fan. And I guess, yeah, I have a little bit more knowledge on it from from my days doing it. And yeah, it's a, it's a huge mess. And it's a real shame that it's that it's got to this. And, and it's, you know, in my mind as a fan, quite a disgraceful decision that restricts reach of the club. It stunts growth. It, it costs them to, to do it. And they don't get the contract fee in from the BBC. And arguably, it's going to be a worse product because it's going to reach fewer fans. So it's bad for business, it's bad for community, it's bad for fan engagement. And so I see little reason as to why it's been done, other than the reason that I think has been cited in terms of controlling the narrative and and, and wanting to, to, to block out external voices. I can see no other logic. I mean, yes, there's an argument that it might help grow Posh Plus, but they could have done that and still had BBC commentary and done their own service. So I, ju- I just don't understand it. You know. It, it, my understanding of it is that there was a two-year contract in place, which was signed previous summer with a break clause in the middle of it. That's the break clause that's been exercised. And it's, you know, upwards of £20,000. So they're going to need about 400 sign-ups over the course of a year of an annual membership to just make back that figure that the BBC pay. Never mind the costs then of the kit, the costs of the of the people to do the commentary and to run it. Um, so it's 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 just I, just I just don't understand it really i mean there's been a quote i think that the bbc hate us the bbc don't hate peterborough united and i, I know in the individuals that i do I don't, the individuals don't you know peter swan is probably one of the most inoffensive guys i've ever met gabby's Aquani kind of gets a free pass ben is a fan as well who used to work for the club as their match day announcer I did three games last year. If this is on me, then I'll be very surprised. Again, I'm a fan of the club and I want what's best for them. And then Chris and Ilesh are two others that they've used a lot. And they're the ones who are doing the commentary moving forward. And then you've got Franny, who, yeah, maybe he sometimes says things a bit too negatively at times when he doesn't need to. But also I know that he said things too positively at times when he when he didn't need to. So it depends on your mindset and what you let stick with you. But I do think this has been premeditated because when Chris and Nilesh did the Lincoln away game back in March, Darren jumped on it straight away to tweet, oh, great commentary. Wouldn't it be great to have these fans doing it all the time? Um, and obviously that was after a victory. So you're always feeling a bit better. So it, it does feel like it's been moving towards that since since sort of March time and probably before that. But 
you know, you've got, you have got a worse product. Because if you look, yeah, they've signed a deal with PCR FM, but it doesn't even reach Yaxley. So you're going to have so many people, like my nan, for example, who's, who's, her husband, my granddad, used to play for Bosch. She loves listening to it every week. And she's now cut off from the club that she's followed since she was 20. Um, so it is just going to impact so many more people. So it's not a solution. It's a sticking plaster to solve an axe wound, is I think what someone called Cameron said on, on, on Twitter, which seems about right. And it just feels like it's the price of everything and the value of nothing. And yeah, they've come up with a slight solution and, and who knows what might happen in the future. But I just feel like by not engaging with any of the fan groups, not even considering the disabled, the, the, the disadvantaged, the elderly, that they've just shown a bit of their true colours here. And it's really disappointing. Um, hopefully things change. But, you know, I as a fan feel more cut off from my club as well. And I'm lucky enough not to be disadvantaged, disabled or elderly. So it's just hugely disappointing, I think. And, and just a shame that it's got to this stage. Wow, it's really, I mean, a, a really insightful summary, and I guess a motive as well. And you, you, you can you can hear that that passion when you describe it there, and it's quite right. I, I do wonder though, Sam, if they, I mean, did they? Surely they would have anticipated this. I mean, I know they tried to sort of book bookend it between what's great about Posh Plus, and and they started doing a lot of interviews and um, talking about you know Harrison Burrow's favourite colour and stuff like that on on video interviews on Posh Plus, and then suddenly just dropped this bombshell and then quickly moved on. Do you think they anticipated it would be received in this way? Um, I I, I, I don't know. Um, is is the honest answer? Um, I think they maybe are a bit surprised and a bit rattled by the reaction um i think i was I, I felt deeply uncomfortable that phil was having to come out and front a lot of this up um and he was left to, to do and he didn't have to do that he was trying to be good and engage with fans i i get that but that, that felt like it wasn't the right person to be out there fielding a lot of that even though he is head of content um unless it was his decision and his decision alone but i'm not necessarily sure on that so um yeah, it just it just got the reaction I, th- I think it deserved. And I saw a couple of people saying, oh, you know, the BBC are biased. They don't give enough airtime. But now they're going to give no airtime to Posh and it's going to be all to Cambridge United. They can do three updates lasting about 30 seconds each per half. Um, and I just think if you're a business in Peterborough and you've got the BBC coming to you and saying, right, we're going to give you £25,000, let's say. We're going to give you twenty five grand." As well, we're going to give you four hours of coverage on a Saturday, the best part of. We're going to give you three hours of coverage, the best part of most Tuesdays. Give you an hour and a show on a Monday night and an hour of a show on a Friday night. We're going to give you social coverage and website coverage on BBC Sport, which is one of the most played sports websites in the world. We're going to give you all of that. What you've got to do is you've got to open your doors a bit. You've got to let us interview your, your staff and your players. And yeah, sure, you know, there'll be some challenging questions and there'll be some difficult moments when things don't go to plan. But generally we hope it goes well and and we want to go on that journey with you i, I don't think there'll be many business in peter that will say no thank you we're not going to do that so yeah I, I i do feel like it it feels like a decision made out of a not wanting the bbc to to be there thinking that they hate them thinking that there's an agenda when you know i've been on the inside of that i can tell you that absolutely isn't and if anything i think posh probably get quite a good ride from the local media um, you know, know what some of the other BBC local radio stations can be like. Um, you know, there's a chap called Burnsy at, at BBC Humberside who gave Grant McCann a hell of a horrible time when he was at Hull. And a lot of it, in my opinion, unnecessary. So I, so I do think Posh get an easy ride. Not, well, not an easy ride, but a fair ride from the media locally. So, yeah, it's disappointing that they've, they've gone down this route. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Yeah, Dan, you were nodding along to to a lot of that. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I suppose when this broke, there was two takes on this. One was it'll make us more money, but Dara has since come out and admitted that it definitely won't and, and echoing what Sam said there and that we actually stand to lose money. Um, the other one, of course, slightly more sinister, which is that this is to control criticism and, and to, to control the narrative. What's your view on, on the reasoning behind this? I think... For me, it has to be about controlling the narrative. That that seems to me the only reason for this. But also, if you look at the the comments that the ownership have made over the last sort of two, three years, especially during COVID, the writing's been on the wall for a while that this is probably the direction they've been looking to go. I, I certainly think it's more premeditated than sort of a, right, let's just change everything right now. You know, I remember in COVID, especially when we were relying on iFollow for the games and, you know, no one could go to any of the home games. There was constantly comments from the ownership saying, we're not going to be relying on iFollow much longer. We're going to change things. You know, we're going to make our own in-house thing, which is obviously where Posh Plus came from. Um, And obviously, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with trying to grow that. But it sort of seems naive in my opinion, but, you know, I, I just can't sort of get my head as to why this has happened now. Jared, there's a couple of uh, comments there around uh, controlling the narrative, really, from the panel so far. Yeah, I think Dara is, is quite forward-thinking with, with technology, and I don't think Posh Plus is a bad idea, like many of you have said. What I do think is a bad idea is freezing out the BBC, freezing out many elderly and vulnerable fans. I don't think they thought about that. Um P, whatever the new station is, PCR, whatever it is, I don't think that's um, that's the answer. Like I say, Sam said it doesn't reach Yaxley. I think that's going to be a problem. I think the ownership know what's coming down the track. They know that there's issues coming forward. Um, and for them, getting the fans on side as much as they can, which is obviously backfired, is, is what they are trying to do. Now, Dara, again, I, I'm not against Dara. I've always said that. I'm still not. However... He did dig out um, Francis Green a lot. He did Gabby Zakrani as well. Now, that was due to comments that they made that, you know, were slightly negative towards the club. And again, ourselves, last season, I know we, you know, allegedly we can't talk about much, but if you have an opinion, which is what they were, um, which doesn't match theirs, then toys get thrown, don't they? And that's what I think was happening with the BBC. And trying to down us annoys five or six people trying to down the BBC annoys a lot more. So I think they've really made a bit of a mistake here. The, the world that we live in now, people can express an opinion, even if it's an abhorrent and completely wrong opinion, they can express it and they will instantly find somebody online who will agree with that opinion, whatever it is. You, you couldn't do that 10, 15 years ago. So there's no way that they can control the narrative or the media in the same way that perhaps, like I say, you, you maybe could a decade ago say, yeah, you can stop the BBC coming, but it doesn't necessarily control the narrative. Because let's be honest, particularly, it may be other clubs, but particularly with our club, Twitter really rules the day, doesn't it, in terms of where that majority of that fan base is. Yes, there are people outside of that demographic that aren't on Twitter, but for the the, the most part, that's the kind of driving force. So, uh, yeah, sorry, you're right, Sam. I've just seen what you've put in there. It's now called X, not Twitter, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm not on there. Uh, I've got enough Xs without worrying about... Um, you know, without worrying about that one as well. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because in terms of timing, I actually think that this was, I actually think this was deliberately timed now, irrespective of whether or not it was going to create some controversy. And I think they probably did know it would, which is why they bookended it amongst trying to sell 
posh plus really i think the reason that it was done now is because it creates a smokescreen and a discussion away from the topic that we were all expecting to be talking about this summer which is the issues going on off the field it's better for the club if we're talking about the bbc and this that and the other and how they're going to listen to commentary rather than putting out potentially false information about what one owner's done what another owner's done who's going to manage who's going to call in a debt and we're going to come on to that because there has since been an article that's come out but i just wonder sam if it was an intentional smoke screen and that's just my theory that it was yeah, we're going to drop this now, knowing that it's going to create waves because we'd rather talk, we'd rather the fans be talking about this than about something else. Now, whilst that's still creating the narrative, I wonder if it's a slightly different spin on perhaps what we initially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's a fair theory, isn't it? I mean, I think what, what what Dan was saying in terms of you know maybe eighteen months or so ago, this has been in the pipeline. I mean, I, I know that an in-house commentary services have been mentioned to me before a long time ago. You know, when all three owners were were on the scene, it was never discussed very detailed or 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 for very long. So there was no sort of discussion about whether you know you do it at the expense of the BBC or in addition to the BBC. But as I said, the, you know the BBC. In case people don't know, the EFL and the BBC have a central contract and that's what stops local radio stations broadcasting it on air each club and each local station then agree their own separate contract and so you know it, it, you never do long ones so it renews sort of every year or every couple of years so i don't think they might not have had an opportunity last season to do it this might be the first opportunity they've had to do it um so that might be part of the timing as well but um but yeah, I, I you know I don't know how pre- it feels. It feels like it's been working towards this, as as Dan said. You know the comments, as I mentioned already, back in March, and um, you know I know when I put some stats up in the championship season, it was awful. I you know I've, I've been the victim of of, of of tweets from 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 Dara trying to silence me on the or you know trying to tell me that the stats are wrong or I'm overly negative. I'm just presenting stats. You know that's what I've done, and I present positive ones and negative ones. I'd rather present more positive ones. But the season in the championship was was awful. So you know I think back to maybe times like that. Um, and as you said, you referenced Franny and, and Gabby, but um, you know it does feel like it's been turned on to. Oh, this is a BBC problem hating us. BBC don't hate posh. You know they want posh to be successful because it drives up their figures as well. So it's it's in both parties' interests um, for for them to have a good relationship so uh, it is a shame that 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 posh are going to be one of if not the only um efl club that don't have free to air local radio commentary but that's Um, what i was just going to ask in your knowledge is there any other efl club that has cut ties with the bbc in the past yes i I wouldn't know with this season's picture tim but in the past yes so hull did it for a long time under the uh, previous ownership there they could only do match updates couldn't do full match day commentary um, obviously, that ownership group wasn't particularly well received by Hull over its lifespan. I think Leeds did it once. Last season, I think it was Sheffield Wednesday tried to do it. They did it for about four games and then went crawling back to BBC Radio Sheffield and struck up a deal. So, um, yeah, it has it has been done of varying lengths in the past. But currently, I, I don't know if, if Posh are the only one. Um, they, they might well be. It's not often this happens, but I don't know for certain. Interesting. I think ultimately we, we're all in agreement. It's the fans are, are going to lose out here, and it doesn't really seem to be a, a winner at the football club either. The club are losing money. The fans are, are losing commentary. It's, it feels like a lose lose, really. Um, more recently, uh, I touched on it there. We've had an article surface from the Athletic, as well as some other murmurings and rumours online. Essentially, as as a recap, the uh, Athletic art- article highlights that 
an uh, investment firm that we believe is allegedly owned by uh, Randy uh, is looking to call in its debt on um, a company which has shares in the club, which again, allegedly we're led to believe is owned by Jason. So essentially, if that is true, if that is true, I love the fact Sam's eating popcorn whilst we're talking about this. Uh, if that is true, um, potentially we could see um, Randy calling in a debt on Jason. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm no longer on Twitter. Sorry, I'm no longer on X. So I'm out of uh, sync with any kind of modern current development on this. And I certainly don't claim to be um, any kind of financial expert. I'm only going off the athletic interview uh, or the athletic article, I should say, here, which suggests that potentially Randy could call in his debt, which would put the club into administration. Um, I, I was going to throw this to Jared, but I, I feel like that would be unfair because it's like putting a, an A-level maths question to the reception kids. So, Dan, I'll um, I'll start with you on this one. <laughs> um, where do you where do you stand on all this? Because ultimately, it doesn't look good, does it? It doesn't feel like this has got a good ending for us. No, it absolutely doesn't. But again, this has been coming for a while and we've known about it. So for all this to be, you know, for all this to shift from allegedly to possibly true and and, and beyond would not surprise me at all. You know, there is obviously something very bad going on behind the scenes with the owners. There has been a lot of talk from a lot of different sources of an allegedly large amount of money that is you know, outstanding with the club, its ownership and various investment firms around the world. And, you know, those those kind of rumours don't come about lightly when, you know, most clubs' records are available online through various sources, Companies House being one of them. Now, I did see something on, on X uh, about a week ago with uh, a Freedom of Information Act from the Canadian courts, which again threw around some numbers in the high between teens sorry uh, of millions again canadian so we're assuming canadian dollars so you know in in english i think it roughly came out to around 13 14 million pounds um now i don't know how true that is and i don't want to say the club is absolutely in this amount of debt because it might not be and as you say none of us are necessarily financial advisors or or sort of analysts we don't know the ins and outs of these documents we're not lawyers so i think all the fans want and especially myself and i think the panel in general is a little bit of clarity as to what is actually going on with the ownership who owes who money who is indebted to the club and who is the club in debt to you know because at the moment Everything is unclear. A lot of rumours and speculation are flying around the media, are flying around social media, and, and and all these other sort of you know things in and around the club. We're selling our best assets for reportedly very cheap sums. It, it just it doesn't scream of a club that's doing well, does it? And then you've got the ownership, or especially one or two of them, <clears throat> online saying, "Oh, the club's fine. You know, we're getting good fees for this, and it's not what's being reported." So again, we, we're just getting no clarity in the club at the moment and you go back three four years ago reported amounts of clarity we were getting was very high but based on the last sort of 18 months i'm starting to question everything we were told in the past rather than just these these more recent ones yeah is it i mean it's a headline that will shock 
uh, any any posh fan and i've had a couple of messages from fans of other clubs asking if if it's true when they've seen it pop up on their timelines um the athletic article leads with a canadian investment fund that claims it is owed 14.6 million pounds by a company that owns half of peterborough united has mentioned the possibility of putting the league one club into administration i mean that's going to prick up any ears of any posh fan of course it is it goes on to talk about the uh firm that was set up by uh, jason and randy how they um uh, bought a stake in the club, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, and then it talks about how uh, Randy feels as though he has been um, forced out of OKR. Uh, essentially, we know as a fact, Sam, that they that they took control of the stadium as part of this debt last year. Um, so the article just mentioned earlier this year, OK, uh, OKR put the subsidiary that owns Peterborough United's London Road Stadium into receivership and the club's rent for play, uh, for playing at that venue now goes to the fund and local council. Uh, so w- we know that there's there's something, like Dan said there, this isn't, you know, this isn't smoke and mirrors. There, there is something happening and we expected maybe a little bit more perhaps in, a, in terms of development off the pitch um, this summer. Uh, where, where do you, where does the land lie for you now in terms of the ownership? Yeah, like like Dan said, I've, I've not got the foggiest what some of the words mean, um, but I think it, it, it's right to be concerned about the numbers that are being quoted here. Yeah, they might be disputed by 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 different sides, but clearly it's way more concerning than this not happening at all, which is the previous position we've been in. So, um, you know, these these are vast sums of money for ordinary folk like like, like us. Um, and I think it was encouraging to see the article say that there had been a payment in July. I think it said £1.1 million, didn't it? So I don't, I don't know where that money's come from. Has it come from sales? Um, has it come from the Surge and Posh Plush membership? Um, has it come from Tim buying 4,000 units of the Pink Away kit? Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't understand enough. And it's why we rely on journalists. And so it's good to see... The athletic picking it up because we as paying fans deserve to know what the situation is and i suppose i'm surprised it's taken this long for a, a, a publication with clout like the athletic to actually pick it up because of the numbers that are being quoted because any mention of any uh, english football league football club going into administration or the possibility of that even just hovering over them is is, is a newsworthy story because of the lifeline that clubs are to people the, the real cornerstone of the community they are so um, you know, I'm, I'm neither not able to sleep every night because of the news, nor am I absolutely reassured by the by the statement that the club and, and and sort of Dara have come out with. So I guess you know time will tell, and we just have to hope that that people throughout it all think of think of the club, but and, and the fans that are at the end of it. But 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 clearly there's a big issue to be settled here, um, and and hopefully as the the days and the weeks go on, there is more clarity and more transparency on the situation. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because, like, I suppose, like you alluded to there, I don't really know how to feel about this. Is it a, you know, is this a, a pre-terminal sign, or is it actually just, you know, this is just part of business? These things happen, and it's, you know, it's just what we should expect. So, Jared, one man has had three apples, and he borrowed those three apples off another man, and now that man he wants his apples back. That's essentially what's happened in Jared. If we could take your views on, you're a prick. That's my view. Um, it is very worrying. I think the one thing I would say about Dara is he's never given us any reason to worry financially in the 17 years he's owned the club. There's clearly a battle, quite a rough battle going on behind the scenes, which isn't going to um, 
end nicely either way. There's going to be massive changes behind the scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've got to come out and give the United front, haven't they? And say everything's going to be fine. But is it? That's the problem. When you when you delve further into it, look, for me, Sam Edwards doesn't understand some of the words and I'm well and truly knackered, didn't I? So it is very complicated. Um, but you don't have to be intelligent to, to read it and understand that it is extremely worrying. Um, but yeah, I think time will tell on this one. Um, I mean, it's a, however you look at it, it's a bit of a mess. And everything we've talked about so far in terms of what's happened this summer has been negative with the exception of potentially the away kit, which is, is quite nice. Um, so it feels as though off the pitch things haven't been wonderful. Let's have a quick break and then we'll look on the pitch. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So on the field then, uh, pre-season results, we beat Stamford 7-1, drew with Colchester 1-1, beat Bedford 4-1, lost to Peterborough Sports 1-0 and beat Birmingham 3-2. There's a couple of other pre-season friendlies that the club seem to have just completely ignored on the website, uh, including defeats to Watford and Luton, which just there's no mention of them at all on any of the results page or the uh, match reports. I've no idea why that is. Um, I mean, Jared, you can't read a lot into pre-season friendlies, can you? But it's... I mean, plenty of goals scored. I suppose that's something. I honestly couldn't tell you what any of the results are. That's the first I've heard of it. I have zero interest in pre-season. It's full of cliches like minutes in the legs and things like that. And I, I detest it. Um, yeah, it's just uh, a runaround, isn't it? So we will all see you next week. You're the wrong person wrong person to ask on that one, Tim, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, mean, I fully expected that. But that's why I started with you because the only way is up now. Uh, Dan, it, I mean, it, it, Jared is right, isn't he, to be fair? It, you know, it you can't read a lot into that. You you know, you beat Stanford 7-1 and then lose to Peterborough Sports. It's, you know, it is what it is ultimately. Have you taken any of the preseason in? Have you had any interest in it? No, I, th- I, I mean, there are certain people who in football who, who love for it. the season because it doesn't mean anything you know you're getting like you say minutes and legs and you're letting players try out things you... good great actually... point dan well put your, your signal keeps dropping out dan your free wi-fi has expired i think good i'll throw it over to you sam just while while dan as it reconnects and uh pays his internet bill um is, have you taken in any of pre-season I will start this with how I ended the end of season podcast. What Jared said. <laughs> no, because you can't do that now because he's not he's not reigning host of the season. So his opinion now is null and void at this point. Um, yeah, it's you can't read anything into it, can you? Really, you know, you have terrible pre seasons and good seasons, and then you have good pre seasons and terrible seasons. So um, 
yeah, I've, I've not really paid too much attention like Jared really to, I've been following the results and stuff, but not really the games or the lineups in detail because they just, you know, mess around with the lineup so much to to get those minutes in the legs. So um, it's, uh, if only you could all see Jared's face on camera now. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it ha- what it has done is come around really quickly. I can't believe the mm. season's starting so soon. So um, yeah, excited to, you know, we talked a lot about the off-field stuff and um you know, it's 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 still the the football on the pitch, the the competitive stuff that that we really look forward to, isn't it? And what keeps us all going through those times. So yeah, hopefully, good start to the season, and um, yeah, it'd be good to get back into that. But pre-season, not really, not really one for me either. Um, transfers in and out. Then let's have a look at the squad as we head into next Saturday, where we are away at Reading. We'll start between the sticks with you, Dan. Um, couple of new signings in one now walk us through the goalkeeping position yeah it's a bit of a strange one in goal for me personally anyway so three goalkeepers this season we've got will blackmore who has been at the club for a while well known to posh fans despite his lack of games he's been on the bench for nearly every game this season um so you know maybe a question mark on his experience uh in terms of new signings there are two of them First of all, we've got Nicholas Bilikovic, who is shock horror Australian, actually. Um, six foot five, which, you know, suggests he might be quite demanding and uh, commanding, rather, in, in the air. Um, but, you know, time will tell. We've had tall keepers in the past, which have been absolutely terrible in the air. Only six professional appearances for Nicholas as well. So a question mark on his experience. However, it's it's more than uh, Will Blackmore has anyway in terms of league appearances anyway. Um, second signing in, in goal is Finn Talley. Now, it's a bit of a difficult one to get any information on Finn. If you look his name up on the Google, you will find a lovely picture of him at a youth game getting his head kicked in. Um, you can go and Google that now. It's F-Y-N-N, last name T-A-L-L-E-Y. Um don't know why that is his picture on, on the internet, but it is. And, you know, fair play, he took it on the chin. So that makes me feel happy about that one. No, one thing I will mention is they're all very, very young. There is a severe lack of experience in goal in the squad at the moment, which is likely a tactic. Obviously, we always sign young, maybe not in the goalkeeper position. It's never really been one we spend money on. But I, I really don't know what to make of this based on the friendlies. And again, this is based on the friendlies, especially the Birmingham game, obviously being the most recent. It's looking like Nicholas Bilakovic is the one starting for us against Reading. Yeah, I mean, Bilakovic is we've paid actual human money for a goalkeeper. So I, I don't think many fans would have expected anything other than him to be the number one. Obviously, Will Blackmore signed a contract extension this summer as well. So totally get what you're saying about the experience, but there's clearly a future for him at the club, or at least the club feel there's a future for him at the club. Is it a case, do you think, that it will be um, Belakovic and Blackmore will be his understudy and uh, Finn will you know, be an under-21 keeper? Who, who do you expect will be warm in the bench? Yeah, I think you've nailed that. Um, you know, sort of Will obviously has a future at the club, otherwise they wouldn't have made him sign that four-year extension. Well, I say made. I, I think it's probably going to be Will on the bench, um, you know, but may- maybe he has a bit of fight in him. Maybe he can get that number one spot every now and again as well, especially in the cup games. Who knows? Um, but I, I certainly don't expect to see Finn on the uh, on the lineup anytime soon. 
Yeah, and Christy Pym out. Uh, he's finally gone on a permanent after Bootgate, or allegedly Bootgate, I should say. Um, he's gone off to Mansfield to keep net there. Any obviously it was undisclosed because you know we're an open and transparent club. Um, any uh, rumours online in terms of how much he's gone for? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if we paid him to go. Obviously, he made some very disparaging comments about uh, our current manager in his ninth, tenth spell. I've lost track. Um, But no, yes, he's gone and rightfully so. Finally off the wage bill is Christy Pym. Fair enough. Uh, Jared, uh, in front of uh, Nicholas Bilakovic or Nicholas Bilakovic, as uh, Dan, I think, called him at the start there, Defenders, a fair bit of ins and outs here, uh, just as you shove your wife out the door to make your points here. Um, you've been looking at defence, Jared. What have we got to look forward to this season? Well, look forward. We've lost um, Nathan Thompson, which I think was about time, wasn't it? He's been a great servant. Um, I was getting bored of that Thompson flop. I don't know about you. Loved it the first couple of years. And it's like, yeah, just pack up now. He's joined old Stevie Evans. Um, Dan Butler's also gone to Stevenage. Uh, and Frankie Kemp, which I was disappointed with. I know he's on the on the list, so everyone on the list needs to needs to move because they're not, you know, they're not, they're not in it. But uh, yeah, he's gone to heart. So disappointed with that one. Um, Incomings, Romani Critchlow, I presume that's how you say his first name, um, from Huddersfield. I think he was at, on loan at Bradford last season. He looks quite decent, to be fair. Um, I've only seen a little bit of him at Bradford. Like I said, I don't watch preseason. Um, and Peter Chioso, who's on loan from Rotherham. I don't like loans, not a fan of them, um, especially in younger players. But those are the incomings. Um, yeah, I think both. I think I've read online Chioso had a good game the other day. Um, I think it was against Birmingham. So, yeah, hopefully those two will be um, two good recruits. We've still got, uh, obviously, Ronnie Edwards at the club at the time of recording and Josh Knight and Joe Tomlinson. I believe, I might be wrong, all three of those were on the transfer list. So would you expect more outs and ins in the back line? I think they are trying to sell Ronnie Edwards. Um, but I don't think a bid for what they wish has, has landed. That's why he's still with us. Um I think someone from the club spoke about, you know, not minding having him until January. Um, but yeah, for me, I think that they're trying to sell him. Josh Knight, I would keep, so especially losing Frankie Kent. I think Josh Knight's a solid League One player. Um, but yeah, I fully expect Edwards to leave at some point. So that gives us a backline of, as it stands at the moment, Ronnie Edwards, Charlie O'Connell, Emmanuel Fernandes, Josh Knight, Joe Tomlinson, uh, Romney Critchlow and Peter Chioso. Is there a, have we actually got in that then now a an actual left and right back? I think, um, is it Tomlinson? I think he's he looks good um, for the little that we've seen he of him. He scored a great looks... goal in a, in a game the other day, didn't he? Pre-season, scored a wonderful free kick. I don't know, I didn't watch it, but um, he's he looks good when when I have seen him. So I don't really know why he's not been given given a chance. It's it's quite strange, really. I'm not sure if we got a right back. To be fair, it's a weird one with Tomlinson, isn't it? I was on uh, I can't remember which podcast it was. But I was on a podcast a few weeks back, and they were talking about Tomlinson and how whenever he's played for us, he's always been pretty good, and when he's been out alone, he's always been pretty good. But there seems to be something about him that just doesn't fit at the club whether it, I don't know whether it's a mentality thing or he doesn't get on with the management I don't know but I'd love to see Tomlinson start I think he would be a fantastic left back it's difficult looking at that lineup there of what is it seven players trying to work out you starting four um yeah it's going to be a it's going to be interesting Saturday I think the the back line is going to be 
well, isn't always our issue. Potentially could be our issue going into this season as well. I don't know. Uh, plenty of movement in the middle as well, Sam. Uh, few ins and even more outs here in the midfield. Yeah, I think the outs we were all expecting, weren't we? Joe Ward's been a good servant to the club and and, and he's got a good move to Wayne Rooney's derby. Um, sorry, Frank Lampard's derby. Um, so so that's no surprise there. Oliver Norburn, we know, has been wanting, wanting out, obviously, for a while, back up to the northwest. So... Um, Blackpool with the club who were in for him before, so so no surprises to see him go. No surprises to see Jack Taylor go as well. What a phenomenal, phenomenal end to the season Jack Taylor had. And um, it'd be interesting to see how well he does for Ipswich. He, he looked head and shoulders, um, a, a championship-level midfielder last, you know, t- towards the end of last season. So so good for him getting his move. Um, and, and Ben Thompson joined Steve's Stevenage. So another one to go to Stevenage. And we got Ryan de Havilland in from Barnet. So basically what happens is they come up the A1 from Barnet to Peterborough. And then when we're done with them, they go back down the A1 a little bit to Stevenage. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to know that we've got the A1 corridor working hard this this summer and every summer. But but no, Ryan de Havilland, I mean, if he can follow in the shoes of, of, of what we've seen of Mason Clark so far, and obviously Jack Taylor now gone, but but great player and, and Ronnie Edwards obviously has been extremely impressive so you know we've had three really good signings from Barnet over recent years and hopefully the Haviland is, is is the fourth um Archie Collins we've got as well I think a lot of fans were excited about this one really good player last season good quality for for Exeter I know on his Wikipedia page he was born in Taunton and grew up in Bridgewater so he's effectively sponsored by the M5 services um although Bridgewater as Dan will know because he's on holiday in Cornwall is an absolute shocker of a, of a service is probably my least favourite services in the country. Um, but, you know, uh, again, a really good signing for us. I think some fans would probably say the, the marquee signing of the summer in terms of paying a fee and, and the status he had. So excited to see him play. Um, and then also staying, obviously, we've got Harrison Burrows, although not quite sure if he's going to be deployed more at left back this season. Um, Kiprianu liked the look of him last season. So hopefully he'll kick on again this year. Um, and then obviously we've got um, Jando Fuchs, who I was surprised to see is, is still here. Don't really quite know what to assess with him at the moment because of his sort of lack of involvement last season. Adjaboy boy, we've not really seen much of. Um, and then I, I know we've got sort of Poku and Randall, who are the more attacking midfielders. Um, I think you'll cover Mason Clark in the forwards, won't you, Tim? And, but um, but yeah, I just, you just hope, don't you? This is the season that Randall really kicks on and shows shows what he's what he's about as well. And I know people were purring over some of his performances. Not that I watched preseason, Jared. Sorry, um, but in the last game, so um, yeah, hopefully he can put a bit of end product to his game and, and get a real consistent run in as well and start to contribute with assists and goals. So. You know, obviously, we've lost a, a lot of talent, a lot of experience with with, with Joe Ward and with Norburn and, and, and Jack Taylor and Ben Thompson, who I always thought was good, but but didn't play much, but but still had that level of experience. And, you know, what Collins is 23, I think, and De Havilland's 22. Uh, Kiprianu's young, I think he's 22, isn't he? So, so it's a very, very young midfield. Not not too much by way of sort of later twenties in there. So, um, yeah. But I think I think plenty of talent and and as I say, Collins the marquee signing of the summer probably for me. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to digest in that midfield. I think that the first name you mentioned that jumps out at me isn't actually a signing, and that's Joel Randall. Uh, a couple of things I think we, I've noticed with, with Joel, he's been in every preseason video picture piece of publicity that the club's pushed out. They really seem to have him as the. 
the poster boy, really, which is strange because he's he's you know been at the club a while now and he's he's far from it. I, I wonder, Sam, Archie Collins obviously is followed really in the the path of Joel Randall. Do you think that the Archie Collins signing was twofold? Obviously, we're getting a talented player, but do you think it was also for Joel's benefit? I don't know. It could be. Hopefully, it is. Um, you know, I do think Joel's found it hard, hasn't he, to settle in? It's a long way to come. Um, and obviously, like with Barnet, Exeter is a is a team we've 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 had quite good relations with over recent years. Christy Pym, as, as Dan mentioned, was one of them who made that move um, up the M5, maybe stopped at Bridgewater on the way. Um, Tom Nichols in Exeter. So, actually, thinking about it, Sam, we've had a shit relationship with Exeter. Right? <laughs> we've had absolutely nobody good from there at all. It's been busy. It's been busy. Um, <laughs> But 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 yeah, with with Joel, hopefully that 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 helps him settle down. That might be a good thing, good thing for him. It might kick him on a bit as well. But you're right, uh, he has been involved in a lot of the promotional material. Whether that's intentional to try and push him as a bit of a fan's favourite again, or whether it's the mullet, I'm not quite sure. Um, but but yeah, we look. We I think we look okay in midfield. Is is, is how I would say. Um, I, having like Jared not watched too much preseason, I'm not sure what we're going to do in terms of four two three one or. Um, three, four, two, one, or, or, or you know how we're going to line up start of the season, but um, but yeah, I think I think we've got some some okay numbers in there and some and some some good options. Yeah, and obviously I, I know we've got Mackenzie Lamin as well for the the under twenty ones, who's quite highly rated. In terms of the outgoings, obviously you know Joe Ward, I, I, we we kind of knew it was coming to an extent. Completely agree with you about Ben Thompson. I think that is a, a big loss to depth, if nothing else. But just quickly on Jack Taylor, Sam, do you think that I mean, this is probably the only transfer we've had this summer, I believe, where the fee was actually disclosed at 1.75 million. Do you think that's enough for Jack Taylor? I guess it depends if that's the upfront fee or, if, you know, what, what's bolted on in add-ons. I know people felt, didn't they, when Ivan Tony went, that it was an undersell, but there were lots of add-ons and a lot of them have, 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 have come to to be right. So, yeah, it would it would need more detail for me to make a sort of analysis. I think I think I think it's... I think he's all right. Was he in the final year of his contract? Did he sign a four-year deal when he signed four and a half year deal? We've been in three and a half years, so there's there's that to, to to play. And I think one I think one fair point to, to to say as well about Posh is that they are pretty good to their word sometimes. When players want to go, say in January, and they persuade them and say, "Let's stay till the summer, then we'll let you go," they do do that. I think they've done that here with Jack. They obviously yeah. have done that with Oliver Norburn as well. So and um, Guion Edwards, of course, who went to Ipswich the same as Jack. They they gave him that move that he wanted, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. So, so that might be part of it as well. But, um, but yeah, I think I think without knowing the full detail of the add-ons, it's hard to make a sort of a real fair assessment of that. Yeah, up front, uh, slightly less in the way of ins and outs. I wonder if there's a bit of a um, a bottleneck just here. So, obviously, start of the summer, we we got the news that Johnson Clark Harris was on the transfer list. Uh, as it stands. Is going nowhere. He's still at the club training and playing in the preseason friendlies. There was a rumour that Rotherham were in for him but but couldn't afford him. That seems to have died a bit of a death. Um, so as it stands at the moment, the strikers in the ranks are Kai Corbett, uh, Ricky J. Jones, Efron Mason-Clark, who we need to talk about in a second around captaincy, uh, Johnson-Clark-Harris and Kabongo Tishimanga, who actually technically is a summer signing because, of course, we had him on loan Um with a, an agreement to buy in the summer. So technically, he's a new sign-in. Um, but of course, we've had him for a while. I, I do I do wonder, I guess, Jared, I'll throw this to you. I, I suppose, I think if Johnson-Clark-Harris does go, of course, it will free up some funds. But we haven't 
really spent a huge amount this summer. Do you expect that Tishimanga will be our kind of line leader and that we probably won't replace JCH? No, I think I think Shimanga will play quite a bit, but I think they would have someone in mind to replace JCH. I think it'd be dangerous not to. Obviously, he, I don't not a massive fan of JCH. I know it sounds ridiculous. He does score a lot of goals, um, but I think with the right forward in the way Darren Ferguson likes to play football, we could you know do just as well um, with someone maybe a little bit more mobile. So um, yeah, it'd be dangerous to lose his goals, but like I say, I think we could. Um, I think we could do better, actually. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree. Um, it's been a. I mean, it's kind of looking at the ins and outs altogether in the squad that we've got now. I, I kind of expected a little bit more, uh, both ins and outs, really, this summer. If I'm honest, I mean, we're what five days away now from the season kicking off, and it, it, it kind of feels like I don't know. It's not really kind of. It doesn't really feel like anything's really clicked into place yet. If anything, if there are no more outgoings, Dan, uh, where do you think are our strengths and weaknesses at the moment based on the, the squad that we've just gone through? I think the lack of experience at the back is really worrying me. There is not a lot of age. And I guess, you know, age isn't necessarily a, a sort of an indicator on their experience, but... I think there's some real questions, especially at this level, around our depth, especially, you know, goalkeeper, there's less than 20 professional appearances between them. And, you know, we don't even know who our left-backs and right-backs are going to be for definite, you know, the centre-backs. If Ray Edwards goes, we're potentially screwed. It's really worrying me. And defence has been an issue for a while at the club. Um, So, you know, if if we don't kick on with, with a good sort of, you know, start to the season in terms of goals conceded. I think we're going to struggle for the rest of the year, and I'm sort of conscious that we may become the whipping boys. I, I don't think we're going to challenge at all this season, and I think defence is going to be the main reason for that. Fair enough. Well, we will be uh, predicting position shortly, but Sam, based on on squad, there, I mean, you, you felt as though the midfield was was actually looking okay. Anywhere that you think we still need to improve on. I... Yeah, I mean, up top, I guess if we're playing this four-two-three-one, and Johnson Clark Harris goes, I think we need someone. So, I'd hope we've got someone up our sleeves. Um, so, so there, I think I'm. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on goalkeepers after last year because it was so up and down um, with Bergstrom and Cartwright, um, and then you know you forget all the others. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, goalkeeper. I'm kind of not not feeling confident to analyse anymore. Um, and, and yeah, I would say defenders. Again, it's obviously like with the strikers with Clark Harris. It's what's going to happen to Edwards. Is he still going to be a player when the transfer window closes or, or not? So it does it does depend on that. I'm not massively enamoured by the back line at the moment, but um, you know, I think was it Romani Critchlow when he signed? There were a lot of comments saying how it was an awful signing from his previous club so um and the fans so that's you know i know twitter or x sorry elon um it is not necessarily always the most reliable source of information but i think a lot of the huddersfield fans or, or other teams is playable just like he, he's awful you're welcome to him so um we'll see how he performs early on but but yeah it's um I do think I think the midfield is where I'm feeling sort of most most confident at the moment. I don't know what others think. 
I mean, that's in keeping with posh past, isn't it? Midfield, particularly the attacking flair seems to be where we're made. I, I, it's difficult, Jared, isn't it? Because it, it takes a few games for for you know us to understand exactly what's going through Darren's head in terms of formations. I mean, it's I'm looking through the squad list. We need the likes of Joel Randall, uh, Tishy Manga to kind of this to be their season. Is there anyone that you expect will kind of become a bit of a star player? I mean, I think he already is a star, but I think Mason Clark will be levels above this season. I think he'll really um, push on from last season. Um, I'm interested to see Shamanga properly play. Um, I think that'd be interesting. But again, Randall, I think the club are trying to create, and good, good on them for this. This is not a negative. Um, he was getting horrendous stick last season. Um, and yes, he's not played well. So it's, I wouldn't say warranted, some of the stuff I read, but um, it's it's going to happen. Um, and I do think, just touching on, I think what you asked Sam earlier, Tim, the Archie Collins um, signing, I think they were probably interested in, but I do think that was a part of it, of bringing him in. And in every picture you see, them two are stuck together, aren't they? So I think that'll be a positive for Joel Randall. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see him play because when you have seen him on the ball, obviously he normally passes to a steward, but on the ball, he does look really he does look really tidy. So, yeah, I'm excited to see him um, with a bit of confidence in a run of games. Fair enough. Uh, Touching on it there, Ephraim Mason-Clark's been given the armband. Uh, this was following the transfer lesson of, of Johnson Clark-Harris, Dan. Um, I mean, he's, he's a young captain, uh, but, he, you know, he won our sign end of the season at the, the end of season awards last year. I mean, there's no doubt he's a good player. Um, I, I mean, does it perhaps sum up our lack of experience, the fact that, you know, we've got Mason Clark as captain? Yeah, I really think it does. Obviously, we've got a very young squad. And and for me, you know, the second that announcement came through that JCH has lost the armband and, and it's gone to, to Mason Clark, I, I sort of saw it as a... Well, we've definitely lost JCH rather than a oh fantastic for Ephraim Mason Clark. You know, it was it was more of a, a negative spin on it for myself. But obviously, you know, a month, month and a half down the line, JCH is still here, and we've not heard anything sort of negative from from the sort of fallout of it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's going to be good for the club. Maybe it sort of frees things up. I'm not a massive fan of having attackers as captains. To be honest, it sort of smacks of of Bolton in in the Premier League. Sort of what decade, decade and a half ago with with Kevin Nolan, and I, I never liked it then either. So you know, it, 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 I'll like it and lump it because we haven't got a choice uh, as it stands. And and you know, the experience, the quality of the side is is still very much up for for debate so i think it's going to be a very interesting season to see how motivation and mentality kicks on from the the lack of a positive mentality that we've had in the in the last couple of seasons yeah and sam i know you and i chatted about um jch's captain performance or rather lack of performance away at wednesday um i mean i don't think anybody was I, i kind of agree with jared if i'm honest the it feels like we're ready for a change up top. And I guess the captaincy is is probably along the, the same lines there. But w- were you surprised it was Mason Clark? I was not surprised to not to see it not be Johnson Clark-Harris. Um, wasn't surprised to see it move away. Yeah, I guess I was just because he hadn't been at the club that long. He, he isn't particularly old. But then as we've just been saying, there probably aren't loads of obvious options. You know, someone who's sort of like 27, 28, 29 um, to, to take the armband for posh. So... So yeah, I suppose probably when you think about it logically, it's is 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 
probably one of the only options that, that Posh really has. Um, you know, Pocky's probably it doesn't seem like as an outgoing person as, as Mason Clark does. Kipriano is also young. Just think about some other players. Josh Knight, possibly, maybe he's not going to play all the time. Um, so, yeah, you kind of are really left with with Mason Clark. So, it'd be, yeah, hopefully the armband brings out the best in him. Um, yeah, I mean, you just typed in the message Fuchs. But again, I, I don't really know where my head's at with Fuchs because I quite like him. I think he'd be good in league in League One, but then I'm not really sure how much we're gonna we're gonna see of him and quite what's happening with him. So you want someone who's gonna be playing week in, week out, and we know Mason Clark will be. Yeah, very good point. Uh, Jared, just last word to you on the on the squad. Um I know there's still a lot of unknowns. There's a few players there we don't really know and, and we're relying on um a fair bit of uh well not luck, but players developing quickly, should we say. Do you think this squad is weaker or stronger than than the one we had at the start of last season? Weaker, most definitely. Um, but I, I want to get rid of the players who, who don't want to be here. JCH has no intention of playing for Peter United this season, but if no one comes in for him, he's going to be here. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I want rid of those um, and then start a bit of a fresh... It was dubbed a rebuild, wasn't it? Um, well, complete, um, you know, start from scratch. And it doesn't really feel that so far. So... Yeah, I'm all up for them moving on. But I do think it's, yeah, as it stands, it's, uh, I think Jack Taylor, was a, as Sam mentioned, it was a, a monumental loss. He, and again, I'll answer the question that, that Sam did, 1.75 million. Yeah, again, it's difficult, isn't it? But um, with his contract running down, but I think he'll go for big money in the future. I think he'll go to the Premier League as well. He's a he's a very, very good player. Um, and he's shown that in the, in the playoffs last season. The captaincy, I know you, I'm jumping in. You didn't really ask me that because, like the financial stuff, you don't think I'm intelligent enough. So, I uh, I will say my piece on that. JCH for me is not not a captain. I think, but again, I don't know these guys personally. But little things you hear, you know, maturity as a man. Just again, it's not a dig, but you know the way they speak and the the, the way they come out in the media, and it's all a little bit like, I don't know, you found them at a bus stop or something. So you want you want someone who's got a bit of clout and a bit of authority, like. Uh, folks, I think he he really leads by example. Um, so yeah, that's who you'd go for. But again, I don't really think anyone can criticise Darren Ferguson for that because he sees them day in day out. Now Mason Clark might get everyone up. He might um, Jesus. He might um, you know be really good around the dressing room in that sense. So obviously it's a decision for Fergie, and it'd be interesting to see how he develops in that role. Yeah, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with um, with, with Giando. I uh, I do hope he gets some some game time, if if nothing else, for for his own benefit, so he could say for for Fuchs' sake. Um, interestingly, we were pitched at the back end of last season that we were expecting this to be kids and nothing else. Bought this campaign. Um, we've talked about lack of experience. Interesting little stat for you here: average age of players into the club this year is twenty two. Average age of players into the club last year was just 23. So not a huge difference compared to last summer, but I think it's probably the fact that we've lost that experience that's going to be the difference here. Uh, he's not with us this evening, but rest assured he has made the retained list. Uh, Nathan has sent him uh, his thoughts. It's actually his uh, Mrs. birthday. So that's why he's not with us this evening. So happy birthday, Mrs. Nathan. Uh, this is what Nathan is thinking about over the summer. Hey guys, um, sorry that I can't make the pod today. It's um, the Mrs. birthday and obviously definitely can't miss that. Um, in terms of what my expectations are for the season. Um, judging by the statements of the back end of the season um, last year, I think 
we're, we're hopefully going to have a decent season, but it does concern me that we've lost a lot of experience. Um, there has been a massive overhaul, which I did agree with. I, I did think that that needed to take place. Um, but I suppose I am concerned at how that's going to go. Um, I think the signings we've made have been good um, in the main. Um, I really like Collins. I think that's a really forward-thinking, um, positive signing, the kind of player that we should be going after. Um, hopefully the, the defensive reinforcements can, can come in handy as well. Um, I think it was the right time for, for players like Butler and, and Kent to move on. Um, and I'm glad that we've kept Knight and, and Ronnie so far, but I'm, I'm obviously concerned if, if Ronnie does go that we're going to be light at the back. Um, I also think it's a positive that, that JCH is still at the club. Um, you know, we're guaranteed 20, 25 plus goals um, through him, which, which is a positive so far, but obviously yeah, he, he still could go by the end of the window. So that is a, a slight concern, I guess. But by and large, I think yeah, we, we should be sort of in with a shout, hopefully, and be um, at least challenging for those playoff positions. Um, but that very much, I guess, is dependent on, on outgoings as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I see it. I think hopefully we can can try and yeah crash gate our way into um, into the playoffs. But I think this season is is definitely going to be a season of transition and hopefully a sort of consolidation of sorts. Um, there's so many big sides in this league, um, and it's another season where we're yeah we're going to be right up against it, and we're going to be you know a small fish in, in a very big pond. Um, but we, we'll just have to see. I think obviously the, the off the field issues as well. That's that's sort of throwing into into it. Maybe we're going to be underdogs from from that point of view, perhaps. Um, but yeah, all those issues certainly don't don't give us um, any sort of positive to, to look at from from off the field. Um, so I think on the field needs to be the focus, and, and hopefully we can progress and hopefully give us fans something to shout about. But yeah, have a great pod, guys. Uh, in terms of backroom staff, it's more or less the same. So Kieran Scarf will remain as assistant manager with Dale Tong as first team coach. Uh, John Chatfield continues in his role as head of performance medicine with Lewis Keeble as head of sports science and Matt Lodes as first team analysis. The only change here was in the goalkeeping coach position where, wait, I've got this, Azhan Azanalogu uh, comes in as goalkeeping coach. We'll, we'll refer to him as Ali, I think, for the rest of the uh, campaign. Um, he's coming in as goalkeeping coach, which is interesting because obviously Mark Tyler uh, had that position, bit of a club stalwart. So it'll be interesting to see, Dan, if we do see any change. You were talking about goalkeepers. Um, I guess just just wrapping up with that, it's, you know, new goalkeeper coach, new voice in the dressing room. Maybe we'll see a new set of uh, of confidence in between the sticks. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Goalkeeping is has been atrocious over the last few years at the club. Obviously, Christy Pym had a good run when he was friendly with the manager, but he was always a, a shot stopper. He was never really anyone who could command the box. Obviously, with us having a tall player now and a, maybe a different approach to the coaching and the tactics, we could see a, a very different posh side in the box and at corners and set pieces. So hopefully. It will be nice to have somebody uh, command our box for a while. We will make our predictions and be warned, lads, these will get held against you at the end of the season if they are way off. Okie dokie, so fixtures are announced. We know where we stand. We are but days away from the fixtures uh, starting. Um, we start away at Reading. Now, uh, new, well, not, we currently call it a feature, new offshoot, I guess, from the pod this season. We will be doing um, pre-match uh, preview pods. That's a dreadful way of wording that. We'll be doing match preview pods so that the main pod, which is this one, won't necessarily have too much in the way of previewing. Um, we will be talking uh, on the one that we're releasing this week, uh, which is being hosted by uh, Dan Topknot, um, about the Reading game at the weekend. But just to run you through August, we've got uh, Reading away, which is not going to be easy. They've got issues uh, going off. There's a, a protest actually planned for that game. If we hadn't heard that, they're having a, and this is genuinely true, a sit-in protest uh, for the Reading posh game on Saturday. So that could be quite interesting. Uh, Tuesday night, we are at home to Swindon in the Cup. Uh, Charlton away at home the following Saturday. Barnsley away on Tuesday the 15th before Northampton away on Saturday the 19th. And then Wayne Rooney's Derby. 
at home to end the month. We have also got the, um, uh, whatever it's called now, the Papa Luigi's Pizza Cup coming in at some point as well. Uh, not that any of us care about that. So it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a mixed bag to get us started. We will cover that in a lot more detail on the preview pod. Um, the league as a whole, though, Sam, uh, coming down from the championship, we've got Reading, who we just talked about there. They're having issues. Uh, Blackpool, complete with, uh, Blackpool, sorry, complete with Ollie Norburn. And uh, Wigan coming up from League Two, we've got Leighton Orient, Steve's Stevenage. I like that. Uh, the Cobblers and Carlisle, which is not going to be a fun away day. Um, currently, the bookmakers have posh fourth. I'm not quite sure what they know that we don't. Um, a lot of blogs and pods and you know, magazines have put posh outside the playoffs. So, starting with you, Sam, where do you think posh are going to finish? At this moment in time, and I'm going to assume that Edwards is going at some point, as is Clark Harris, and I'm unsighted on who's coming in. And this is me putting some nice little groundwork down to cover myself in about nine months' time. Um, I'm going to go for eighth. No, no it's not a bad show, uh, Jared. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a very toxic season off the pitch with a lot of negativity and. It's going to be a different team, so we do need a bit of patience. Um, so for me, I think um, it'll be we'll be finished around ninth. I think we'll have a little bit of a flirt with the playoffs, but yeah, we'll fall just short, in my opinion. And Dan, how far into the relegation zone do you think we'll finish? Yeah, I'm going to bring it very much into a negative spin here. I am expecting thirteenth. 13th. Okay, fair enough. Uh, see, I would have said around 8th, but, you know, uh, Sam's taken out, which is fine. I can't see us finishing above that. So I won't take ninth because that's where Jared's are. So we'll we'll create a Jared sandwich and I'll go 10th uh, with me and Sam as the bread. So Jared, you're the fill-in for uh, where we think Posh will finish there. Uh, interested to know... Why have I Sam... always got to be the meaty bit? Because you're, be? you're, the, you're the biggest... Um, so you'd make a good meat. You don't want you, you don't if you're making a sandwich, you want a lot of meat and a, a small amount of bread. You don't want a massive like loaf of bread and a tiny bit of meat, do you? That's trust me, tiny bits of meat, they don't they don't get you much satisfaction. Um Sam, anyone else in League One that you think will make moves? Who are you expecting to to win the league this year? I I, I was just thinking back to this time last year, and I think we kind of all agreed that Posh had a better squad than when they went up, but in a tougher league. And it feels like this year they've maybe got a, a worse squad in the worst league. Because you look at the teams who have come down. Reading, we know all about their problems and they probably should have gone down the year that Posh did instead of Posh, but somehow stayed up because of Lucas Zhao, wasn't it, who, who came back into form. Um, Wigan start with a points deduction of, of minus eight. And you'd back them normally to get back straight back up because it's what they do. They're a bit Rotherham-y, aren't they, in their up-down yo-yo approach to the Championship in League One. And then Blackpool, you think, okay, well, they're, they're probably, you know, similar size type, you know, similar in terms of posh. Like if they come down from the championship, they're not necessarily going to go straight back up again. So there's an opportunity for sure. Um, but I think, you know, and, and you had some strong teams lead last year with Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth obviously being a bit of the, the dark horse. And then coming up again, Northampton do the same as what Rotherham and Wigan do, but between League Two and League One. So you're probably going to bet Northampton are going to be down there nearabouts. Um, Orient, not really sure about them, to be honest. They're obviously on the rise back up from having dropped to the to the conference. Um, Stevenage, you probably think they're just going to be all about all about survival. Um, and, and Carlisle, again, you wouldn't really expect big things from them. So, so you look down and you think probably, you know, Barnsley, 
and Derby are going to be two of your stronger teams, maybe. Portsmouth, if they get their act together. And then there's a real window. You know, I guess on recent form, you might say Wickham might be up there, but then you probably put Posh into that category as well. So, and, and obviously Bolton. So, you know, that's that's six maybe. But as we've said, we, we're all not that confident on Posh's chances. But but I do, I do think there is an opportunity there. And I think when you look at it, it would be sort of criminal if, if Derby didn't take their opportunity this year to, to really make the league their own. Yeah, it feels like their season, doesn't it? It's interesting because we'll never forget Nathan last year saying that Forest Green and Milton Keynes Dons were would do well. Both subsequently got relegated. So what we say now absolutely comes back to haunt us. I'm willing to put uh, my uh, reputation or what little reputation I've got on the line here. I believe that both Northampton and Cambridge will get relegated this year. Uh, and I believe Bolton will win the league. Uh, Dan, that would be good news for you. That would make people around you slightly happier. Uh, for me, it's a, uh, a Bolton title. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that, to be fair, um, as much as I hate to admit it, because I'll never hear the end of it from my co-workers. But yeah, they are looking very strong. They have strengthened ever so slightly, but they already had a very good team and they were kicking on towards the back end. Um, I'd back Barnsley to do well again, to be honest. Um, I think they were unlucky to, to miss out. Uh, and yeah, Cambridge Northampton down is a, is an easy one to say and, and keep the fans happy, really, isn't it? Yeah, Jared, for you, who are you? If I gave you £5, what are you putting that £5 on to uh, win the league? To win the league, I would... Yeah, I think Derby. I think that they will be strong, just to annoy the producer of this podcast, to be honest. Um, I think Portsmouth, it's about time they had a good run as well. So I'd be interested to see um, where they come this season. But yeah, looking at it, obviously you've got Barnsley, they're always strong, Blackpool. Um, but yeah, if, you, if, if I had to spend that £5, Tim, it would be Derby County. Which wouldn't get you in very much of a return because you've gone with the the bookies' favourites there. It's interesting, so much. You make a, quite a good point. That hadn't really occurred to me, which is actually this is probably a weaker league this year. We we all said about the quality last season. This season, it, it doesn't really have that same wow factor. So, as much as we're all right in posh off, uh, I wonder if maybe we're doing that a little bit prematurely. Yeah, I definitely think I definitely think there's an opportunity for for a team, you know, like Plymouth did last year, but they did it in a really really strong league and ousted some some people down into the playoffs and outside the playoffs that you'd have, you know, put there ahead of Plymouth. So, I do I do think there's an opportunity, um, and yeah, looking down, it it doesn't look like the strongest league one we've you've seen in recent years. You know, when you've had sort of the Sunderlands, the Ipswiches in there, Sheffield Wednesday, as we just said as well, um, and. And and so yeah, there, there there is there is if we're going to be completely optimistic, there is a there is a chance for Posh here. I think this season in in terms of the League One quality. Yeah, and just you know while we're wrapping up, Jared, and we, we're carrying that optimistic wave. I know we we mentioned this on the back end of last season, but we, there was a lot coming out of the club towards the back end of last season about how this year was going to be a regroup. It's all about just getting some youth in and getting some experience, and we need to be patient, which is a completely different. A narrative than we usually get from the club, which is we're going to go up, we're going to get record points total. We've signed this guy from, um, you know, Wildstone Raiders, who's going to be the next Messi. There's been none of that this year. It's all been quite subdued. Do you think that it's intentional to take some of the pressure off the ownership then when perhaps we don't do well? Yeah, absolutely. It's because they know the finances isn't there to push to push that promotion push, um, and it's going to be a very different season. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going to have to, you know. And as Peter United, we yeah. 
should we be uh, going for promotion every year? You know, probably not um, when you look at the history book. So, you know, we're if we have two or three mediocre seasons, it's just the norm, isn't it? It's, it's what we do normally. So, um, but we normally are in with a fighting chance. So, uh, again, we may well be this time. But, yeah, it's for sure because then what's going on behind the scenes um, doesn't reflect well on the pitch, does it? No, that's very true. I'll just be quite happy, Dan, if we do end up with uh, a club, to be fair, at the end of the season, the way that the uh, that the summer's gone. Uh, you will be back uh, later on this week to preview the Reading game. That's quite an exciting little offshoot we've created there, the, the preview pod this, um, this campaign. Looking forward to getting your teeth into that one. Yeah, it'd be good to go a bit more in depth. You cut off, Dan. You just went, it'd be nice to go a bit more in depth. And then that was it. That was the insight. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, that was the gist of it. Good. You've run out of patience. Can't wait for that series. No, <laughs> it, 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 it will be good to, to go in depth into these games, you know, sort of get a good overview of what their team is looking like, you know, where their strengths and weaknesses are and, and you know, maybe free up a bit more time on the on the show to sort of go in depth into these results. So that's the intention of it. Let's see if it works. Brilliant. Good. Well, that's something for us to look forward to. Uh, just before we wrap up, anything else that any of you lads would like to talk about before we uh, we, we call final cut on this pre-season preview episode? I'd like to talk about your hairline, Tim, if possible. Yeah, go on. What, what it, it does seem to be receding at a rate of knots, doesn't it? Oh, Tim. Oh, you know what? I, I hadn't ah. even noticed that, but you could land a plane on that forehead, couldn't you? Tim, you you got the thickest hair I've ever seen. Though. It can't No, I hate it. I have to get it cut like every two weeks. Honestly, it's horrible. I'll be, it's I tracking can't wait. back quicker than Kyle Walker, that is. Good. <laughs> Good. The sooner it all bucks off, the better. I can't. The problem I've got is I, I haven't got a, the head shape for no hair. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't really... But yeah, it's disappearing, isn't it? Jesus. Borrow yeah. some of Sam's. He's got enough. Yeah, he has actually. You do have a good set of hair, Sam. What's the secret? Jeans. Anyway, thanks for listening. And thanks to those who have written to us with suggestions for the new season. We are going to be looking at all your thoughts. We'll be back later on this week for that aforementioned Reading game preview. Do be sure to follow us on the socials and visit our website, www.theyellowblock.co.uk. Up the park. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.